Hello there, this is David Hayden Jones, otherwise known as Mr. Ketch on Supernatural, and you are listening to Neil Before Pod. Neil Before Blog presents... Neil Before Pod. Hello, and welcome to another powered edition of Neil Before Pod. I'm your host Craig McKenzie, and this conversation is on the critically maligned Marvel TV show Inhumans. Strap in, because this is going to be a bumpy ride. Joining me live from the moon, I think... Is Chris? Hello, Chris. Hello. I'm. I'm really sorry if if my mic sounds bad. I'm having to wear my helmet because with with a little bubble of atmosphere here on the moon is is gone. Um, but, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. I mean, it's totally still here. I mean, I'm on the moon. Ooh. Um, yeah. Uh, I think together we make up about twenty percent of the viewing audience of this um, of this thing. You know. So. Uh, yeah. uh, with the other eighty percent being other people that have to review it because they're paid to, I suppose. Yeah, I think if that seems to be the people that watch this it. crap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so that's betrayed what my initial thoughts are. So we're here to talk about Inhumans in its entirety. We talked about it before, just the the IMAX presentation, um, such as it was. So go back and listen to that if you want to know more about the first two episodes, um, but. I don't know, if you're listening to this, you've watched the show, and why are you listening to this? But never mind. So yeah, Inhumans. Marvel. Marvel can do no wrong, apparently. Except this. Apart from this, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Inhumans without spoiling it for anybody? Oh, too late. I think I've already spoiled some of it. But I am... Uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it. I'm a little bit disappointed in this. Uh, oh, I'm a big bit disappointed actually. It's been very, it's been very meh, as in not great, not the worst thing ever to appear on television, but just very bland, difficult to describe to people uh, without what them having watched it. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Um, my thoughts are a bit more extreme, but I suppose <laughs> I had to spend more time thinking about it than you did. I did not like it at all. Well, I liked some little things, which will come on to later, but generally speaking, I wasn't impressed. I thought it was absurdly plotted. The acting was all over the place. The characters were all over the place. There was all sorts of, there was all sorts of problems. It's systemic issues as well. So the thing is, they just got worse as the show went on because it wasn't as if they were in mind to fix them because they didn't know they were broken, although they should have because some of these decisions they made were just bafflingly ridiculous. But yeah, um, does it improve from the pilot that we saw in IMAX? Probably not. Although there are some episodes that are slightly better than that, I think. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's it's overall, it's not, not the best thing ever, is it? No, definitely not. Uh so I don't have anything else to say without spoiling, so uh, shall we use our spoiler dog to teleport into the spoiler section? Oh, I love the spoiler dog. Bring on the spoiler, spoiler dog. <laughs> the spoiler dog, yeah. Okay, that was a rough trip, but now we're in spoiler section so we can like, chat about... Whether we're going for the quad bike! <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, oh God! Did you just hear the sound there of the quad bike hitting the spoiler dog? Oh no! 
No, they didn't because I didn't. Uh, they that totally in. did. They totally <laughs> just did. I can't believe that. I, I mean, it just happened just off mic. Well, that's why you didn't hear it. But it, it totally did. <laughs> Please edit the quad bike in, Craig. I only ask for these little things. I'll try, but I'm not promising anything. <laughs> so, if you heard a quad bike, then I succeeded. If you didn't, then I either couldn't do it or couldn't be bothered. I didn't wish hard enough. <laughs> yeah. So, spoilers. Um, so the pilot was what it was. It kind of spent an hour and a half trying to get them to Earth, and then once they got to Earth, nothing really happened. Uh, it just kind of ended. Uh, from there, nothing really happens of import. I think, uh, for me, the characters don't go through any specific arcs that, that enrich them as individuals. Um, the villain goes from being the best thing about it to comically insane. Um, the the story is just nonsense uh, and a bit of a rip off of Thor interestingly <laughs> uh, I mean I don't even like the first Thor film and I would, I would rather watch it over this so um, so yeah it's it's problematic and I can't believe that Marvel made it I that's something I've kind of been struggling with after watching the final episode was like I can't believe this has come from the same place that has made I mean, even if you take the TV universe and you go Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Daredevil and uh, Jessica Jones and I suppose it could be the same place that created Iron Fist. But you, you look same at these things and you think, you know, how how have they managed to come up with this and how has it got to the stage where it's been released? I don't know if this is a case of where they sort of painted themselves in the corner by announcing it at Comic-Con with the big logo behind them and they've went, oh Christ, now we've actually got to make it. Oh no. It's like, we don't want to back down because then the narrative will be how we backed out of doing it and, you know, cancelled it at the last minute. So we'll just go for it. You know, despite the fact they knocked it from movie to sort of not quite movie to TV show. You know, I, I don't... It's a weird story of how this has got to air, really. So, Yeah, and I was actually quite excited when I heard that they were downgrading it to a TV show. Downgrading, used in inverted commas. Mm. Because superheroes have a lot of potential on television. There's more time, for one thing. So you can tell smaller stories. You know, if The, the Inhumans was a, a blockbuster film, it would be very razzle-dazzle. You know, there'd be lots of beauty shots of the moon. There'd be all sorts of powers on display and things like that and then um, if you look at it analogous to how the gifted are currently doing things you know where the powers are connected to the story and connected to the characters there's the potential on television so you know you can't afford to use the powers very often but when you do they're important because then they move things forward in some way rather than just being kind of empty spectacle I mean you do get the empty spectacle as well but in its purest form in its best form it can be used to enhance things um, and this show had almost no powers throughout. <laughs> like eight episodes, hardly anybody ever uses any powers. And even when they build up an episode to someone using the powers that they've been hinting at for the entire series, it is one of the most boring <laughs> things. <laughs> well, we we mentioned in the 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 pilot one how Medusa got her hair cut, and she doesn't get it back at all. She just spends the whole series without her. Essentially, her one distinguishing trait. So, the thing that's iconic about her in the comics is her long red hair that she can control like snakes. 
you know. But they essentially do it to all of them. I mean, you've, yeah. you've even got uh, Carmack without his ability, and all that was was putting graphics on screen. It was, yeah. Um, yeah it, <laughs> it's kind of like they just went, yeah, we're going to get rid of all the powers, uh, so yeah. let's make this a bit cheaper. I mean, can we talk a little bit about what the characters were doing when they were on Earth? It was nonsense. You know, Medusa was running around looking for Black Bolt. Fair enough. Black Bolt was hanging about at a lab for a bit. Uh, Karnak was growing cannabis. He was at a <laughs> cannabis farm. He had a little <laughs> cannabis adventure. And I'm going, okay, fair enough. It, I mean, it's a story that it goes places in a weird way, but why? And then you've got Gorgon and his beach pals, his army beach with his buddies, surfer dude soldiers. Yeah, yeah, that was. Now who hasn't done that before? Yeah. And Crystal with Dave. <laughs> he looks like you know. I mean, you've got like discount Chris Hemsworth. This is like pound shop Chris Hemsworth, or ninety nine cents store for our uh, American listeners. I, did, I didn't. I didn't know there was a scale of Hemsworth. I'm going to have to look that one up. Like like, like, on, like a Richter scale of Hemsworth. I, <laughs> well, I didn't you know, know that's Chris how, how the, we were judged now. Chris would be the Alpha Hemsworth, then you have Liam, and then Luke, who no one's heard of, and then guys that look like him, and then this guy, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Quad biking Dave. Quad biking Dave. Oh, he was the worst. And Yeah, I just... I can kind of see what they wanted to do and i don't know if it's because of the the sort of eight episode length that it struggled to tell whether they had wanted to do these stories in a longer form but just didn't or um i'm i'm struggling to kind of work out if that's what their intention was and they ended up getting told oh no it's only going to be eight episodes so this long strung out romance we're going to chop down to its bare bones and you're just going to have them in a tent on the cannabis farm and he's just going to hit the dog with his quad bike and they're going to quickly fall in love <laughs> and then quickly split up again because we don't know how to wrap this up so she's just going to vanish with the dog. And <laughs> that's it, you know. Yeah, none of these confusing side plots were wrapped up. They just left. Which yeah, it weird. was, you know, I've, I, I'm needed elsewhere. Goodbye. Yeah. And that's it. And, and the way. And you're going, okay. Like a, yeah. I, it's, I, I didn't know if I was expecting to see those characters at the end. You know, you finish with them on Earth. Um, so I was like, well, are they going to rope the characters in? You kind of get the hint that Crystal was wanting to go back to Earth anyway, even if they had saved, you know, the city, that she had said, oh, I want to go back. You know, I don't want to be up here. I want to go back. Because she so, really likes Dave for some reason. Yeah, well, he's the first person that's not treated her like a princess. I he don't... teaches her how to hang loose. Yeah, how to chill. And, <laughs> and yeah, do you ever just go and hang somewhere? And, no, <laughs> I just walk about with my dog. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. Well, for me, I think the Karnak story was probably, I mean, it's it's all a kind of relative scale, but he, it was the worst. Mostly because every other character was all about, I need to find the family or cousins or whatever they were they you know they need to find the others whereas Karnak didn't seem that bothered he was happy to cut about on this weed farm growing weed while sleeping with some chick yeah I mean he started out 
he started out on his little quest going yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna find them they must be this way and he, he goes off and he ends up walking in circles and stuff so he does set out with the intentions and then he decides oh no i'm actually i'm worthless there's no point in me finding anyone because look at me and that's when he sort of resigns himself to being on the farm but all the extra drama with your sort of drug lord henchman and the betrayal of I can't even remember the character's name who decides he's <laughs> going to kill everyone so that he can get a cut, he gets a bigger cut. And you're like, where did all this sudden drama come out of the cannabis farm? You know, they had the little commune going and then suddenly we're into dr- you know, drug lords and a big chase that seemed to just set up the kind of fight scene when they meet each other. And you're like, well, was that necessary? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, although when they let Karnak fight, it was really cool. Eventually, because... Was his name Ken Lung? He's an accomplished martial artist. So, the first two episodes, when they when he fought in those, it was really awkwardly done. It was very slow, it was very lumbering, and so on. But uh, when he actually got to fight in the r- rare occasions he did on the actual in the body of the other episodes, it was cool. You know, I mean, it wasn't the best action in the world, but there was some good martial arts stuff going on there. Well, there's some neat, yeah, like you say, I mean, he got some of the best fight choreography out of it. Uh, I've got to give them credit. When they they had uh, Black Bolt doing hand-to-hand combat, some of those scenes actually looked quite well done, um, particularly in the final episode. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not really hand-to-hand combat that you want to see him doing, but <laughs> it was very well done when they did it, yeah. Yeah, um, that was fine. Medusa didn't do much. She just cut about looking entitled or sounding entitled um, again it was my problem with all the characters none of them developed so they were all pretty racist uh, at the start of the show and pretty racist by the end of it really um, Medusa still felt she was better than humanity and refused to listen although Louise helped her realise that at least Louise isn't that bad uh, no one else but Louise ain't that bad but all they seemed to learn was there's there's some exemptions to our racism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I quite like this guy, and that's as yeah. far as I'm prepared to go. <laughs> it's the equivalent of, I'm not racist, I have one black friend. And that's, <laughs> that's it, yeah. Yeah, and they were all kind of ra- I mean, racist. Uh, Crystal was very entitled. I don't know if she was especially racist. She was naive, I suppose. Although her, what she was changed from one scene to the next. Um, at one one at one point she's a entitled princess type, at another she's a a bit racist or you know she's well she's always the entitled princess you know she makes she makes Iris and the Flash look like she's uh, selfless, but, um, <laughs> and she doesn't give a crap about her dog. She's like, you need to make Lockjaw better so I can teleport. It's yeah. like. Not because he'll be better. It's because we need to teleport. I need to teleport out of here. Yeah. yeah. And Lockjaw is needed for that. But for nothing else. I don't really care if he's injured. I just want him to teleport me all over the place. Um, I suppose it's one of those creative ways to get the dog out of frame for a little while because he's expensive. Yeah, it's 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 the regular sort of writer's trap of why would why would they go a walk if they have the teleporting dog? Okay, get rid of the teleporting dog. Okay, yeah. now they can go for a walk. Um, it gives them an excuse to stay still and and meet Dave. <laughs> <laughs> 
which is a really terrible Eddie Murphy film. <laughs> Meet Dave. Uh, that's the one film I've walked out of the cinema on, but that's another story. The only one, really? Okay. The only one I can think of. Yeah. I just couldn't take it anymore. That's another story. It's way off topic. Um, if you want to hear the story, then... I don't know, tell me, and I'll... Subscribe to our premium uh, <laughs> payment service. We have no premium service. There's <laughs> enough trouble getting people to subscribe to the free service. So, <laughs> um, now, if you want to hear the story, tell me, and I'll regale you with it on the next podcast. All right, but, okay. Because <laughs> uh, it's way off topic. So, we, we kind of jumped around all the characters. Um, I think it's probably worth focusing on Medusa a bit, because a lot of the screen time is spent with her. Um I quite like that episode, even though she just happens upon someone's house and stuff like that. But I quite like the the, the part where she had that moment where she saw herself in the mirror and she kind of thought about everything that she'd lost. So that was quite a nice little moment. It was well acted as well. Like, there's nothing wrong with Sarinda Swan's acting ability or anyone else in the show, really. Um, except maybe the actress that plays Crystal. She's Well, she has nothing to work with. But I thought it was a nice moment. And I think... Um, I think she had quite a lot of kind of introspective stuff throughout. So there were there was points where she, she was trying to act as if her beliefs were wavering slightly, but the the dialogue and what was actually going on didn't support it. But the the performance was was heading that way. Yeah, I I, I do think I, I kind of agree with you overall. I don't think any of them are particularly bad actors i just think a lot of the material and direction they've been given has been pants um like you say there was a good moment where i'm walking about i, I liked that they played about they they couldn't decide in my opinion whether they wanted to play for comedy with that you know the fact that she's she's found a street uh called the royal palace or royal palaces and she just decides oh i'm just gonna go in here take all this i'm a royal i can have any <laughs> any of the stuff yeah. that i want it's it's fine you know um you know, I found that quite funny to an extent. But yeah, she has gone through a trauma, I suppose, with, with losing her hair like that. And they didn't play it as much as I thought they would. You know, she's still a very capable fighter. She's still very strong. And she seems to get over the brunt of it pretty quickly. Um when you consider this has been, like, a great part of her for years, you know, I found that a little bit surprising. But I don't know whether that is another factor of this sort of eight-episode thing where they're like, oh, we've got to move on from this very quickly, otherwise it's bogged down and we're going to have to resolve it too quickly within one episode. So if we resolve it quickly within three, then we're sorted, you know? I think eight episodes is plenty, though. I mean, if you focus what your story is actually supposed to be about, which is not what this show did. Yeah. You know, if you if you stop wasting time with the with Karnak hanging around a weed plantation, um, which we're going to keep coming back to is a really stupid thing to do, I think. But, you know, there is time for that. There's time to explore the characters. You, you shouldn't have them apart for... When did they get back together? Episode five or six? Um, so that's a, like a long time to have them apart, but they could have got them back together sooner or paired them up, because then you get to kind of explore their experiences a little bit uh, relative to each other, and rather than them just bumping into random humans all over the place. Um, yeah, it wasn't really until episode six where they all they're all united. You've had odd pairings that have managed to meet up by episode five, but apart from that, they're separate throughout. 
And as much as I suppose they were trying to go for that, well, they all meet humans and they all learn that there's nice humans out there. It, at the same time, I would have preferred to have seen some of them paired up, even go for non-obvious pairs. Yeah. So put Crystal with Karnak and Gorgon with Medusa and Black Bolt with whoever, you know, do it that way. Um, rather than they all go on a little mini-adventure which, you know, some of which are slightly better than others. Yeah. And Medusa's relationship with Black Bolt, I think, was reasonably well done. I mean, the fact that it was fairly one-sided because she had to speak for him because he couldn't speak and he wasn't using actual sign language. And one way around that was, I suppose, they could have just subtitled his sign language so that you knew mm. what he was kind of saying, but they didn't bother doing that, which is... Well, which is fair enough, I suppose. They just... Um, it's actually a true adaptation of the comic character. He doesn't speak, that's fine. I kind of thought they would try and find some way around that, and I suppose they did with people understanding his sign language or Medusa speaking for him or whatever they, they decided to do. But um, I think the relationship was fairly well developed. The The two actors had pretty decent chemistry together, and there's whenever they shared the screen, there was that familiarity to them that I quite liked. Um Again, it's not a relationship I was terribly invested in because I didn't like any of them. I mean, Black Bolt probably suffered less because he can't speak, but we'll get to him. Uh, but I didn't like Medusa that much. I didn't. I wasn't rooting for her. I didn't want her to succeed. So there was only so far I could be invested in what was going on and 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 into their relationship, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, the one there was one line that sort of interested me and suddenly made me look at the relationship in a slightly different way, and I don't know if I picked it up wrong, but when she says, when I first went to see you, it was to see you humiliated. You know, to to see you, you, know, you having lost everything that I had lost, and then I saw that you needed help or that we were the same, and that kind of made me look at it a little bit differently i would need to watch it back if i if i cared enough to <laughs> to sort of pick up the proper phrasing of it but it sort of made me look at the relationship in a different way it was like oh it wasn't that she she went there to help originally she went up there just to go you know this is this is how i felt yeah although they kept doing that with the flashbacks like you kept returning to the ones that they'd done in the first couple of episodes mm. and they kept adding little bits to them that changed the meaning so what you had was in the i think it was in the pilot uh, or whatever, the first or second episode, one of them, Medusa turns up um, and says that she's not afraid of him, and then the relationship starts. And then they reveal she turned up because she was annoyed that her parents had been banished. Banished, in inverted commas, probably means killed. Uh, and she wanted to kind of, yeah, get revenge in some way. And then she softened to him, which didn't make that much sense to me. I was, I was kind of okay with the fact that... She, he, she was drawn to him because he was an outcast initially without this kind of, I didn't like you so I went to, I don't know, hit you with my hair or something like that But um, incidentally I, I do love that the actress playing young Medusa is actually called VIP according to IMDb <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's not her real name but that's what she goes by yeah, very cool I mean, they did that with a couple of the flashbacks, actually. Now that you're saying that, sort of changing the meaning of flashbacks. You know, the the um, 
black bolts, parents, deaf, see. Yeah, it turned they out then or Yeah, it was manipulated all the time by Maximus, who had forged documents. And I was trying to work out, like, what, what did they forge? So the documents were that they were going to, what, lobotomize them? I, I'm not too sure. Yeah, something about to experiment on them or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. experiment on them to stop them talking, and then that way no one can get hurt. I don't. I, yeah. I couldn't work out what was what had happened there because it sort of all got crammed in very quickly. Yeah. Uh, the, I guess the problem with Black Bolt as a character was that they didn't use his lack of speech very well. So what happened was you had a, a character that just was whatever the scene needed him to be. So there was a point where they were talking about the plight of all the the lower class in humans, which is fine. And and he gives a look to the camera that suggests, I never thought about it like that. You know, it's, his facial expression suggests that he's a little bit surprised by what he's heard. Um, and and his mind is open. But then the next episode nah, is back to, nah, I'm the king, whatever. Um, and then there's a bit later where he turns out he's been lying to Medusa the whole time about a bunker or something, about the bunker and something else. Well, it's the plan. It's the, it's the whole fact that the um, the character that dies at the very beginning isn't actually dead. Surprise, surprise. The ah, yes, that's right. Triton. Yeah, he's fro- been fro- Triton fro- this whole fro- time. Yeah, Frogman jumps into the sea and survives. Who'd have thought it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Wow. Oh, look, looking back retrospectively, it does seem kind of obvious that Frogman would survive in the sea. Um, but, you know, he, he keeps that a secret. He's always planned to be at that beach at that particular time yeah that, I, I don't that know I, d- I don't know did that yeah I, I, c- I couldn't work out if he had managed to signal him in some way or if i just missed it but it was like he walked up to the beach and he arrived and it was like oh yeah i i plan to be here exactly now i planned for all these delays and all of you to get scattered to the four winds across the the uh across the island and we'd all meet right here uh right now Here's my head cannon. He went and spoke into the ocean, creating like a sonar thing. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming some of that, but the thing is, I didn't. I, if he did that, I didn't see it. I, no, I it didn't I, happen. Completely it, it, glossed over cannon. it in my mind. Head cannon, yeah. complete head cannon. And I just made it up there. I didn't even think about it. I was, I was more annoyed by that point. I was like, "What's going on? Why are they adding all this in? What's going on?" And and Medusa's like, "I can't believe you lied to me." And then it's like, "Can't believe you lied to us about this bunker." And it's like, newsflash: if he didn't. Uh, if he didn't omit the information about the bunker, you wouldn't be able to use it because Maximus <laughs> would know about it. Yeah, Maximus would also know about your secret bunker. <laughs> but but in the last episode, uh, he takes Maximus down to the bunker with the intention to lock him in. And Maximus goes, of course, this bunker was the first building that we ever put on the moon. And I'm like... So he did know about the bunker? He didn't know about the bunker. Has he been researching the bunker since he escaped the last time round? Because he didn't escape. So when Maybe did he, he suddenly research it, where the bunker? Well, that's it. I, I, I know there is a cannon. bunker. But more, where, but more head cannon. Great. I, I, I love it. We're <laughs> making a great TV show in our minds. <laughs> um, <laughs> fill in all the gaps. Let's fill in everything that we missed. Um <laughs> But so he then goes, oh yeah, this is the, the oldest building. This will last long, long, long time. And great. And you're like, all right, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like, enough but, food here for an eternity. It's like, all right, cool. Looks yeah. like about four shelves to me, but yeah, eternity it, looks, it is. Looks like someone's about to get stuck there for eternity. Yeah, but uh, that was that was bizarre. So yeah, you had this whole bit about Black Bolt lied. And then Medusa forgets about it. Or she doesn't forget about it, but she just kind of brushes it aside. And she's like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. And... 
I don't know. It's like it's it's like they were just throwing these things in because they something had to happen within the plot, but they didn't bother um, doing anything with it. So the whole point of Black Bolt lying to Medusa was so that Medusa could be annoyed by him and then want to have her own say. But then she never has her own say after that. So what's the point? But there was no. There was no need for the secrecy once they were on Earth. Once no. once they had both met up and they're driving about in the convertible being chauffeur-driven around. <laughs> you At that point, you could turn to her and go, oh, and by the way, he's alive and I have a plan for going back and here it is. Yeah. As much as it would be a rubbish revelation to us because she he would be signing and we wouldn't know what he was saying. I knocked something over, that's what that it's noise right. was. <laughs> as much as it would be a rubbish revelation because he would be signing and we wouldn't know what he's saying, at least then she could go, oh, what do you mean he's alive? And then they could fade to black or whatever. And that would just, uh, you'd be like, okay, fine, he explained the plan at that point. I don't see why he wouldn't have told yeah. her then. And also, by the time they reintroduced Triton, I'd forgot he was in it. Because it has been so long. But the thing is, I really like Triton. I think in the comics he's one of the better in human characters. And I think they did a good version of him here although they, he wasn't really a character he was just a function of like badass action stuff but it looked cool and he, and he looked and he did it but um so in that in that sense he's probably one of the better adapted because he doesn't suffer from the the yeah. horrible characterization they gave to everyone else but the thing is it's when being a neat character you could have brought him back at any point when gorgon arrived back and stomped his foot at the edge of the sea you could have had him come back at that point and it wouldn't really have affected much of the plot, apart no, from changed no yeah. a couple of the motivations. And even then, their motivations aren't so much now about getting revenge for his death. It's more, we want to get back to the moon at that point. I yeah. want to I want to be reunited with the rest of the family and get to the moon to get my revenge for being sent down here. Not even so much for the death of Triton. Yeah. And then they, they did some weird things as well once they reunited the characters. So by episode... Episode 7, they establish that Gorgon and Karnak are actually quite a fun pairing. So when they're cutting about through the facility trying to rescue Dr. Declan and his band of scientists, if that's what they really are, uh, that was a really fun dynamic. They, they bounce off each other well. I quite like the um, the measured tactician versus the kind of brutish, I don't want to say moron, but the brutish type character. Um and they even did that kind of flashback where they showed how impulsive Gorgon was by stealing a flag and stuff. Um, that was all That was all well and good. And then by the end of that, the episode, they kill Gorgon just because, for no reason really. I mean, makes no sense. But they, they finally find a dynamic that actually works and then they take it away from you immediately after. Yeah. It was one of those things where you're like, I wish those two had been kind of cutting about with each other since they had landed, rather than only getting united in that episode. And it would have made his death seem more effective. Yeah. If you know what I mean, it would have, it would have hit more. When you see that Karnak is willing to sort of throw everything away, be impulsive, and just go and put him through a second pterogenesis... You're like, well, that doesn't... Even the other characters go, well, that doesn't seem like you at all. And you're like, well, yeah, why is he doing that? Whereas yeah. I think if you had seen them uh, cutting about an earth up until that point, you'd be like, oh, right, uh, I kind of follow that now. I understand why he would be that impulsive. 
And it would have been a great um, a great little arc. Well, it might not have been great. It would have been a better little arc for Karnak where he doesn't have his powers, so you could still do that nonsense if you really wanted to. Uh, and he has to learn to be more like Gorgon. Act without knowing how your what the consequences will be. Which is essentially what he learns. He learns kind of how to do that throughout, but it would have been much better if he was bouncing off Gorgon the whole time. Because then you could have an episode or two of him just being like, no, I can't be like you, you keep making mistakes, blah, blah, blah. And then by the end of it, he's just like, right, screw it, I see the merit in this now. And with his his lack of powers at the beginning, they could still have the threat of, um, you know, the humans chasing and the odd uh, Inhumans coming to try and get Gorgon. You know, it still would have worked that way. Um, yeah. You know, it wouldn't Mortis have been with too powerful. hilarious mask thing. Yeah. <laughs> what What was his power? His power was he, he takes the mask off and everyone dies. Cyclops eyes. Cyclops, yeah. Cyclops, uncontrollable Cyclops face. Yeah. Beams that fire out his eyes, and they keep talking about how he's like an unpredictable wild card force of nature, and you never see that again. So much dialogue telling you things that they don't bother to show you. He's he's just a bit of a sarcastic guy in a mask. Yeah. The majority of the time, going, "Oh, I sure wish we had someone that would control the forest to get these bloody branches out of the way." <laughs> oh, like, oh, there she is. Right, okay. Oh, it, he just doesn't yeah. seem. And then at the end, his solution doesn't seem to work because it's like oh i'm gonna not not just gonna kill them i'm gonna kill the entire team that came down here with me as well all you guys are going i've I've decided and yeah i'm gonna do it here in the building where the rest of it's gonna topple down on top of me right (laughs) and then i don't know what his plan was after that point if he had succeeded and killed everyone in the room was he just then gonna like walk off with his big metal mask on just go i'm gonna cut about here now could no be, one's going to notice me, Mr. Sutter. Yeah, run DMC gig, no one will notice. <laughs> Third member of Daft Punk. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, the villains were a bit... I'm talking about the henchmen villains. I liked Oren, though. Uh, she was interesting. Again, underserved, but interesting nonetheless. Uh, the whole idea about her having finite lives like a video game character. Fair enough. She was one of my favourite characters, actually in this whole thing because she seemed one of the most consistent and the one that does kind of learn a little bit by the end of it. I mean, it's only once she discovers that, you know, you you do have a lifespan that will eventually stop one of these times you're not going to come back. And that seems to be when she starts to maybe pick up her, her lessons a little bit. Yeah. But she seemed quite a sort of badass character. She was... A little bit manipulative, a little bit this, that. So you were like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of like her, and she seemed one of the better portrayed, really. I don't you know because she had the right balance of screen time, and she had some pretty good scenes between her and Maximus, and her and Medusa, and you get to see her play against basically all the characters. So yeah, she's a good midpoint between the the, yeah. the hero and villain, hero and very commas and villain story. Um, and it was, I mean, they tried to manufacture a bit of motivation for her later on when they were like, remember when you were in the relationship with Gorgon? It's like, why do we need that? You know, like, the fact that he trained you is plenty. That's more than enough. Uh, it's, it's all these confusing little decisions. But I like the fact that she was kind of loyal to Maximus's cause and then felt betrayed by him personally towards the end. And then that made her kind of think differently. Although I never got the impression that she was on anyone else's side. She just wasn't on... 
Maximus is anymore. Yeah, she just seemed to... But the Maximus, even for us, by the end, has kind of lost an idea of what why he wanted to become king and what he wanted to do with that power. Um, you know, which I'm sure you probably want to touch on is the fact oh, that definitely. his motivations he went he, like you said at the beginning he kind of went from being one of the best one of the best acting the best motivated characters through the thing to being a bit like what the hell happened where where did the plan go awry and he just started making everything up as he went along you know the it just seemed to go a bit a bit weird because you're like okay does he he wants to be king to have the power no he now wants to be king to go through Terragenesis again, which may not work. And and he's got a lab on Earth that's working on this that no one's found out yeah. about. How, how he set that up is beyond me, but... And yeah, that, that confuses me. It's like, where's Maximus? Oh, he's down on Earth. Is he? No, 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 totally not on Earth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, for, for a very closely done surveillance state that they have up there, he, he does seem to manage to organise a pretty good coup. Um... But he just seems to lose his way. He just the whole thing is, oh, I was promised I was going to be king, and you didn't want to, and then you did become king. How dare you? I don't, I don't know what his actual plot was by the end of it. Well, it started off well enough. I mean, it started off with him being uh, someone who wanted what was best for his people, mm-hmm. and it seemed like the class system didn't work for everybody. Although. The argument was it was necessary for the survival of society, which you don't find out either way, but let's assume that someone has decided that, fair enough, this this is the only way we, we can function as a society. Not everyone wins, but you know we all survive and that's enough. Fair enough. Um, Maximus seemed to want to fix that in some way by giving other people opportunities. I mean, they established that if your powers aren't good enough, down the mind you go. Which, okay, strange, but whatever. Um, and then he was motivated by the fact that he felt like he was one of them because when even though he is the brother to the king, he went through terrogenesis and became human, which makes him ostracised from his entire people. Um, fine, again. And so throughout, it felt like he was doing things that he felt were necessary to make those changes. And then by episode four or five, maybe it's a bit later than that, they start, he starts yelling at statues and starts <laughs> behaving like an idiot, behaving like a maniac. And, and he keeps, and he just descends into this pit of lunacy as he, as it goes on. And it's crazy because, and I think it's almost like the writers had no idea how to make the, the royal family character sympathetic because they'd failed, consistently failed to make these characters sympathetic. So the only way to finish this now is by establishing them as the lesser of two evils and that's what it boils down to these people are slightly less worse slightly less bad than this guy or at least that's how it felt to me by the end yeah i mean that is uh because i remember this from when we talked about the first couple of episodes and it's like the the royal family are in the wrong at the beginning of this, they are treating people badly, and they still, by the end, haven't quite learned. They don't seem to accept that. The only thing you get is Black Bolt kind of remains as uh, 
you know, as long as he can as the captain of the ship. You know, he tries to go down with the ship at the end and then yeah. runs off. So that that seems to be about it. But he didn't sacrifice himself to save the people. The people were already gone, so I still don't think that was as much of a lesson. He just sort of accepts that, yes, we've got to go to Earth, which is kind of accepting Maximus's position by the end of it. For well, our, he was forced for us to survive. He was forced yeah. into it by the, the sort of collapse, but, you know, the sort of society collapse seemed it was going to be imminent anyway. Um, it wouldn't so much have been the dome, but the society thing seemed yeah. that it was going to come up, uh, up on him at some point. You never really got a sense of what the people thought about the situation. Do they prefer Maximus as a leader? Do they prefer Black Bolt? Um, which side of it do they fall under? Who do they rally behind? I mean, you got a little bit of that when he conscripted them as henchmen because they wanted to improve their standing in society a little bit. But in terms of the general population, because not everyone's like militant. So what did people want? What do the humans want? Do they want to stay on Atalan because it's their home? Do they want to leave? Do they want to be treated a bit better? Or are they kind of happy with their lives? Do they accept everything? You just never find out. No, and the the way they shoot there doesn't really help because you see a lot of the vistas and squares, which I presume is the posher upper class sorts. Um, so you're not really seeing the miners apart from the very small gaggle that you see at the beginning when they're yeah. revealing their, you know, what powers did you get? Um. In that scene, but you don't really see anything the rest of the time from their point of view, which I think would have been more interesting, even if you had had Medusa and someone from the lower class sent to Earth together, potentially, so that they sort of learn off of them what it's like. Or, or what they feel, and that would have given maybe a, a view from that side. I'm trying to think of how they could have included it without it being overly clunky. Well, if anybody was going to understand the plight of the lower classes, it would be Medusa, because that's where she came from. Yeah. Um, but she seems to forget about that. The fact that her parents were, inverted commas, banished for trying to do what Maximus is doing should resonate with her in some way. You know, she should have an opinion on it. And ultimately, it just seems like she married the king and then just was like, well, this is fine. It's not happening to me anymore. Yeah, actually, it now works. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very pro this system. <laughs> and there was all this, she'll do whatever she can to protect Crystal stuff. It didn't come across because their sisterly bond doesn't exist. You just don't see it. Uh, and that's the problem. I can't, I can't invest in anything these people are talking about because... You don't see it. You don't see it play out. You, you don't see it go anywhere. You know, like, there's never a sense that these characters know each other beyond little bits and pieces. You know, Karnak and Gorgon are familiarish. Like they seem a bit. They seem like friends. Uh, Medusa and Black Bolt. They clearly have a history. Um, Crystal doesn't interact meaningfully with anyone at all. Maximus doesn't get to spend much time interacting with the cast at all. Uh, certainly the main cast, he interacts with various genetic council people that I don't care about, but um, he doesn't really interact with anybody until the last, well, at the first episode he interacts with everybody, and then the last episode he interacts with 
Medusa and Blackbolt, and that's it. Or is that it? That sounds Pretty about much. it to me. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, you're supposed to have this kind of brother, brotherly struggle, you know, brother against brother and uh, ideology against ideology, but it doesn't work because you don't get the sense that they're brothers because you never see them as brothers. Like, as much as I don't like the Thor film, the first one, Thor and Loki, believable as brothers, completely. You know, they it works from that point of view because they do the work they spend the time you know they they do a bit of time building up the fact that they were close they have a relationship and then they and they use it whereas this doesn't and the closest analogue is Thor because even the ending of the third one is very similar to Thor Ragnarok uh, the ending of the last episode is very similar to Thor Ragnarok I think even the line is in there spoiler for People that haven't seen Thor Ragnarok yet, I imagine you all have. If you've been watching Inhumans, it's because you're a diehard Marvel fan. You've <laughs> seen it, it yeah. by now. Yeah, you'll uh, see Thor Ragnarok. Only, it's the only reason. It wasn't for the drama. <laughs> um, then, you know, I think the line is almost in there. Uh, Atalan is the people, yeah. uh, not the place kind of thing. And I'm like, well, they must have filmed that before they saw Thor because it's a very similar, if it's not that kind of line, it's it's very close. Tell you what, though, Earth's got some refugee crisis. <laughs> As guardians and humans, what's going on? Where are all these things coming from? All arriving at once. Yeah. Although humans are already there, uh, thanks to Agents of Shield. Yeah, I don't I think we'll see these characters again. <clears throat> uh, do you know what? I, I, if if they could integrate something or do cameo stuff and tie it in with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something along those lines. That's the then. only chance, I think. I don't think I we're think going to another the, season of this. I think that's the only way it's going to happen, considering they cancel stuff like Agent Carter. Yeah. And they've made this. <laughs> um, you're like, okay, well, fair enough, I suppose. But, yeah, I don't think it'll go again. And I, I do have the feeling that the only reason this got made is because they had promised it at a Comic-Con and they didn't want it to seem like a climb-down. Well, it was. I mean, it was on the slate when I think Civil War was announced. Uh, it was, you know, twenty twenty. The Inhumans film will appear, and then eventually they took it off the release list, and then eventually it became this. And I don't know. It, I mean, you hire the showrunner who does Iron Fist, which is probably not a good idea. Although at the time they hired him, I hadn't seen Iron Fist, so I was like, right, fair enough, whatever. He's he's in the family, you know, cool. It'll be fine. But it turns out he's just not very good at plotting and making good characters and, and all that stuff. It was just a... This thing was just a disappointment. I love the Inhuman characters in the comics. I think they're they're really interesting. You know, the stories are very grand and, and very regal. And they do deal with these social issues. You know, they deal with how do mutant, uh, humans and Inhumans... Mutants. Uh, that's another issue. Coexist. Mm. You know, how does that happen? What does it mean? Like... They're essentially a gated community where they're introduced, although they're not on the moon. When they're introduced, Atalan is just somewhere. It's hidden, but it's somewhere like I can't remember where it is. Uh, but it does get trapped under a dome, interestingly. Uh, but that's an accident. That's another story. But they're they're interesting characters. What you've got is yeah, you've got the the plight of this ruler in Black Bolt who tries to figure out um, how to lead his people, how to make a better life for them, and. Uh, they've been beefed up a lot lately because Inhumans were introduced in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. so they appear in the comics a lot more now. Um, 
and again, they've always got stuff to do. Uh, they were quite closely tied to the Fantastic Four originally. Uh, Crystal was in a relationship with Johnny Storm and things like that, so um, he was her introduction to the human world and, think, and, and all that stuff, uh, which obviously you can't get here because uh, Disney haven't bought Fox yet, so they haven't got the Fantastic Four back yet. Uh, that is another story, by the way. That is that is something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's the the increase in them using in humans, even in the comics, I think, is down to the fact that they don't have the rights to mutants for yeah. TV and film. I, I have the feeling that's why they've increased uh, in humans appearing in a lot of the comic plots, and even. Another reason for this to be around is they need to introduce Inhumans to everyone so that when they go, oh, this person is a mutant. Oh, no, they're not a mutant. They're an Inhuman. That way we can get around it. We can introduce some very similar powered people and get around the fact that we're not technically allowed to use them. They're basically the same. The only difference is that Terragenesis has to occur in order to trigger Mm. an Inhuman's powers, whereas mutants, they just develop them naturally as they go on. It's fine. I mean, once you get past the you know that trigger point, you've got essentially the same thing. So what you can have is the human mutant conflict, but told through Inhumans. Uh, it's essentially the same thing, and they play around with a bit of it here. I mean, you've got the whole racism thing, and um, you've got the you've got the idea that I forget Dave's girlfriend's name, but she's like resentful of Crystal because I don't know because she's attractive, I suppose, but. It kind of falls flat when it's just, it's just you know, two white girls fighting over a white guy. Yeah, the subtext kind of fails. <laughs> I didn't get I, I once again I didn't quite get that either. Where the vet goes in and goes, "Oh my god, is a massive dog," and then the the falling out point seems to be when they want to use it to teleport away. She goes in half and goes, "Well, actually, now I'm going to call the police." <laughs> 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 only only now am I going to call the police about the teleporting dog. I didn't call them when I went over to get my, my kit bag or whatever. I, I, I'm i going to call them now. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, it, looks, it looks like you're going to get back with my ex. And I wanted to get back with my ex, and now I'm jealous. <laughs> uh, it's it, weird. Little, the weird subplots in this are just odd. It just doesn't make sense. But anyway, it's, it's one of those things. I don't know if it's... It, I don't know if some of that was laying groundwork for potentially what they were going to do next. If there's a plan somewhere currently being put onto a dusty shelf, uh, a la sort of Raiders of the Lost Ark style uh, currently being wheeled into the back of Marvel Towers to be never seen again. Yeah. Um, whether they were setting all this up so that now that they are on Earth, you're going to have that, or you were going to have that mutant human style conflict where they're going, well, now there's even more of them. Um, now this is a problem or they want to become a separate nation but all the nations are currently taken so yeah. how, how how does that work? They just live um, in a little corner in Hawaii that it, would almost be, it would almost be a more interesting conflict for the future but I have the feeling we're not going to see that unless it pops up as a subplot of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they do a weird crossover thing but the chances are if they were to do it they wouldn't have the budget to go big on it, it would need to be the the B grade in humans that come in. Well, you say that, but like, Agents of Shield aren't aren't shy on using inhuman powers. Mm. I mean, look at um, oh, I don't know how far you've watched, but look at Daisy; she's using her quake powers every other week. Uh, the, the yeah, I mean, guy, you know, I'm not so much talking about the powers; I'm more thinking of the actors and getting them in. You know, uh, they, well, the reason the, they were hired is they're the ostensibly show. TV actors, so 
it's fine. Like they're, I don't think they're that expensive. Um, you could probably do a three or four episode arc on Agents of Shield quite happily that deals with the Inhumans, um, or maybe just one or two of them, just a Black Bolt turn up. Although why the hell you would do that, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe Black Bolt and Agent May could sit around not talking to each other. That'd be nice. Uh, I, I would like to say I'd watch that, but no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I would watch that, but under duress. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't feel good about watching it. I don't know. It would be a good one shot of I don't know me interrogating Black Bolt and just trying to stare him down, him staring her <laughs> down, just cutting between two sides of the desk for for a bit. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be quite funny to watch. I don't know. But there's As also a, the a there's, there's also the undercurrent of these are the real Inhumans. Uh, in inverted commas, I say that a lot. Inverted commas. I've turned up a lot in this podcast. But they, these are the real Inhumans, where the Earthbound ones are kind of imitations. That's the implication. You know, there's some kind of... There's even internal racism. So, you know, these Earth ones are like mongrels, you know, like, and we're the real Inhumans. They're like half... They're like, they're like a fifth Inhuman, and therefore yeah. their powers are slightly weaker, and they're not as good, and they're not yeah, but we as don't use genetically ours, so different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have awesome powers. We just keep them well hidden. Uh, it's fine. It's like Gorgon didn't have hoofs because he was wearing shoes the whole bloody time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Karnak, yeah, didn't use his. Crystal probably had most of the power usage. That's true, yeah. Her elemental powers. Yeah, and then you've got Black Bolt who knocks down one building at the end. Yeah, or knocks over a police car. Don't forget. Oh yeah, yeah, the beginning, yeah, the police car. Sorry, I forgot about the police (laughs) car at the beginning. The accidental police car destruction. Yeah, I was in hysterics when he said goodbye, brother. It was supposed to be this like really emotionally hefty, weighted moment. And it was just so funny. <laughs> it was, I was like, well, what's he going to say? Or is he just going to go boo and, t- and take him down? I didn't know. And I, I don't envy them in the writer's room going, well, he's going to use his powers and he's going to speak. And it's going to be the big climax moment for this. What should we make him say? <laughs> Would you love to see that whiteboard? <laughs> what phrases they put down uh-huh. there? Yeah, it was a... Uh... And it was weird because you were like four episodes in, they were like, this guy has the potential to destroy the entire city just by speaking. And it's like, that sounds amazing. Can't we see that? Like, <laughs> yeah, let's see him obliterate the the entire place. No, the one one building kind of topples. In the, yeah, in, the, like, in a better story, it would have been him that destroyed Atalan because it would have been his choice. Our people need to move on. He speaks. Atalan falls apart. Yeah. Yeah. Incidentally, what happened to the Wallface guy? Did he just die? What was he? <laughs> does does what does Wallface guy need to breathe? I don't know. Is Wallface guy just still sitting there, going, "Everyone's gone, and I'm just here." <laughs> but uh, I, I know what the character is in the comics, or at least I vaguely remember. The well, it's a big head comics. where he opens his mouth and people go through. Isn't that? Am I thinking of the right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Character there. Yeah, Eldrap. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, he. I mean, he I does get the evacuation why they... of about ten people. <laughs> that's all you see at the end <laughs> yeah I mean you never get a sense of the scale of the numbers that are in there because even when you see the scene with the folk in the mines there's maybe about 20 people <laughs> down that little sort of ditch when you see the scenes of them walking about the courtyard they'll normally be about 20 people and maybe 5 guards or the 5 additional characters plus the 20 so you never get the scale of this is a city that is so teeming with people 
that they've got to have a caste system, otherwise everyone would be in a half. Yeah. It's like, we're sorry, you 20 people. <laughs> it's like, the rest of us are up here. And by you mention by, it's like 10,000 or something like that? But it doesn't seem no, it doesn't. like that from the way empty. it's shot. It seems yeah. that it's a very quiet place, unless everyone is in the subterranean yeah. land. You know, and and that's you've got the, those two your, people that, that sit in that room with the water. Who were they? <laughs> Who were they? They left at the end, right? The two stools are sitting there, and you're like, we didn't even see them stand up. <laughs> it's like, it's like, surely you could say that even even these two people that have calmly sat there while folk have been massacred in front of them and have done <laughs> nothing. At some point, someone went, no, seriously, you pair, you're going to have to leave. Like, the city's about to crumble. You know. Like the Buckingham Palace guards, they're not allowed or did, to react. Or, or even if you saw, like, two people come in and pick them up off the seats and carry them out. <laughs> And just see them on two deck chairs at the end. You know, when they when they pan out the shot, they've got them sitting there on two deck chairs on the grass. <laughs> just do something with it. We need to find or a even pool have of, them. Yeah. We need to find a them. shallow pool of water to guard. Yeah, or have them both sitting at the end or standing as part of the lineup at that end there. It's like they're just gone. Two seats are there. You either show them like being there until the end because for some reason they're impossible to move or show them in that last shot <laughs> yeah there's crazy. two people currently sitting in a bar somewhere in LA going you know uh, we were both in the uh, the Inhumans TV show oh cool what, what, what part did you play uh, long story but <laughs> well the, the no the first question isn't what part did you play it's what the hell is the Inhumans What's that? TV show <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I've uh, been uh, filming something for Marvel. Oh, sure. What have you been doing? Inhumans? What? Yeah. yeah. Inhumans, uh, don't eh? watch it. It's rubbish. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it was that was bizarre. Uh, a who, lot of who, it was what, just bizarre. But from the comics, I mean, are they characters from there that they've just reinterpreted? Or? I honestly don't remember. Right, well, that's fair enough. As I knew that, so I'm not sure. Uh, it's been a while since I read kind of early Inhuman stuff. I see them crop up now and again, and you've got New Atalan, which I think is a floating island or something, or an airship or something. It flies. I know it flies. I can't remember what. Well, it crashed outside of New York. It was like floating outside of New York for a bit, wasn't it? Oh, I haven't read that far. Or an equivalent. Uh, yeah, I just... Um, I don't know. I, I'm quite far behind on current Marvel comics. I just haven't caught up. Mostly because they're unreadable. For the most part. Uh, that's another story. So yeah, this show. Uh, what have we not talked about? Louise. The best thing about the show was Louise. Also known as Discount Felicity. <laughs> I was about to say, low budget Felicity smoke. <laughs> she's, like, she's like blonde, she wears glasses, she's a scientist. Steals yeah. cars. Weirdly, yeah, she just steals cars and is okay with it. But I don't know that she had this the shapings of an interesting story arc about her dad wanting to make it to the moon and never did. And uh, it's weird that she got cut from the IMAX release, so we had no idea who she was. Uh, yeah, you know, you sent me a, a, a message going. Actually, you might need to watch the two episodes that we've seen again. Otherwise, there's going to be characters popping up here that you've got no idea about. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah thank God I did that. I mean, I. I kind of felt a little bit cheated at the end. I thought she should have got to go to the moon at the end. Yeah. Like, surely that would have been a more poignant thing for her to be placing her dad's 
rocket on the moon rather than Medusa sort of covering it in rocks next to yeah. a memorial before running off. Did you get the impression that she was kind of attracted to Medusa in some way? You know, there was some kind of attraction there, um, at least one-sided. Mm, no, not really. It was particularly but... in the last episode when Medusa showed up and she seemed all like, oh, look, you know, her, her eyes were full of wonder and all that. But uh, I, got, I kind of got that impression that she was into Medusa in some way. Um, maybe it could have been. I mean, I didn't know if it was more like, oh, I thought I was never going to see you again and this was going to be a story that I couldn't tell anyone. Yeah. Though I still don't understand from that final episode. It's like, who who did our boss contact to authorise, yeah, we've got a load of aliens coming over from the moon. The um, boss. Whoever the hell The boss. Is. Can we contact the boss? And I didn't get the idea whether the boss was supposed to be the president, whether <laughs> the boss was supposed to be Tony Stark, whether the boss was supposed to be Gary, who runs this international <laughs> uh, space company. You know, I don't know what the... I don't know who the boss is. It seems like <laughs> Stark would have discovered Atalan in, in an afternoon. You know, it wouldn't have taken him that long. <laughs> he's probably... He just hasn't looked at the moon, so he doesn't know it's there. But if he did, he'd find it instantly. Yeah, he's been busy. Tony's been busy, That's to be fair to him. You know, there's a lot of things that have gone under his radar, so... Yeah, I suppose um, teasing who the boss is is, a, is something for season two um, that we will never see. There's also the, the talk of a threat from beyond the stars or something, which has got to be the Kree, because the Kree are responsible for creating the Inhumans in the first place. So it can only be them. So there, there we go, I've spoiled that long reveal <laughs> for you. I was like, I don't know, in, in an alternate universe... We're having another podcast about season two of Inhumans where I'm like, told you, <laughs> when it turns out to be the Kree. But um, based on the trailer for season five of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there's going to be quite a heavy Kree presence there. Because uh, they are also in space. Everyone's in space right now. Uh, which is cool. I don't mind. Um, I don't know. There's, yeah, Louise. Louise, good character. Uh, she kind of took on the audience perspective every now and again where she was just like this is crazy what's going on who are you why are you talking like this and and then there's a bit where um there's a bit where i forget the the, the chick's name but she the the tracking one loca or whatever i don't know what mm. her name was uh, and she was talking about it's like well as soon as it was discovered that i was essentially a bloodhound i became a bloodhound and then i wasn't allowed to do anything else and and it's like, well, why would you want to do anything else? <laughs> but, 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 but also, on that city, is there much need for a bloodhound? Yeah, do things get lost that often? You know. Yeah. Do do people <laughs> run? And if they do run, how long is it until they hit the edge of the dome and go? Shit, I've run out of running space. <laughs> At which point, <laughs> any of them could go. There she is. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm the tracker. You know, it would more be funny if it was, I'm the tracker in a society which only has X amount of square feet to run in. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure no Gorgon point. can find people as well. He's like a master tracker, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, sure. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, when, when the mood takes him. And Karnak <laughs> is like able to deduce the, 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 location, the most probable location yeah. for someone to be. But it was that, um, it was that ideal of she can't do anything else. Because that's what society needs her to do. And what if I wanted to be a doctor? It's like, well, tough. And Louise is like, yeah, what if she did want to be a doctor? 
it is that very much and she would call out all the kind of mistakes that the the mistaken assumptions that the human characters would have but they would never do anything about it she would just sit there and comment on it it's almost yeah, like she was not written by the writers if that makes sense yeah she was kind of a conscience and she would sort of say that things are wrong or that society over there is wrong but I had the feeling that Medusa was listening to her, but then that didn't really work into actions later, no. apart from a slight questioning of Black Bolt and the occasional, well, actually, I've learned that we could do things differently, which yeah. is what it pretty much comes down to towards the, the end of it. But I do think she should have got up to the moon at the end. I think that would have been at least a little bit of fun to the point. Well, it was a natural was, end point for her character, wasn't it? Yeah. It's like that, that's going to wrap it up. Whereas I'm guessing the idea is that there's going to be some sort of different wrapping up towards, you know, that's what they were aiming for is this is going to go a little bit further. Yeah. Um, uh, who knows? But the yeah. other human characters, you had Dr. Declan, he was all right. I like Henry Eden Cusick. Uh, if you've ever seen The 100, he's very good in that. Yes. Um, he's just a good actor and they didn't use him that well. I never quite figured out how Maximus was funding his lab. Um, I've got no idea how that had managed to happen in secret with no one knowing. Like, oh, one of our fancy watch bracelets things appears to be on Earth. Yeah. Let's send someone down to find out why. Oh, shit. (laughs) He's working with Maximus. Maximus, hang him. (laughs) Problem solved. Yeah. How, how do we find the bracelet? Send the bloodhound. Oh, finally, a use for me. Yes, I get to go. (laughs) I don't know. It's... It's but the like, whole yeah. point of this character existing was to get Maximus through Terragenesis that second time. And then he gets thrown into the chamber by Gorgon, is killed, and it's all forgotten about. So that goes nowhere. So it was just a complete waste of time. The lab was pointless. It didn't need to be there. No. It just it, it needed to be there as a mechanism for Black Bolt to escape. Yeah. He needed to have some kind of benefactor on Earth who was looking out for him who could break him out of prison. Yeah. And, he had and his... they tied it in with Maximus's thing to be convenient so that Maximus would then know where Black Bolt was. Because yeah. if it wasn't the lab owned by the guy who was contacting Maximus, then Maximus wouldn't know where he bloody was at that point. Yeah. And you had... Yeah, and like I said, the second Terragenesis thing, but it ended up being an argument that doesn't matter. And the strangest thing about it was, was the in the episode where Maximus was like, well, I'm going to choose what powers I'll get. It's like, well, turns out you don't really want to be inhuman either then. Because that's the whole point. They don't get to choose. They get stuck with what they're stuck with. So, you know, if Black Bolt got to choose, would he want to um, be a mute who can't speak unless he kills everyone? You know, would would Medusa want really long hair? I suppose because she never cut it and it was proved to be an option. Uh, would Crystal want elemental powers on a planet where, the, on a moon where the no elements, <laughs> uh, things like that? Uh, Karnak might not want hooves. Not Karnak, Gorgon might not want hooves. Uh, um, so they, do, yeah, they don't get to choose. And that's something Agents of Shield did much better. So you had, you had people really haven't come to terms with their abilities, uh, whether they wanted them or not. So. Daisy, she still gets to look attractive and, and make earthquakes, but it was um, Reyna, she didn't. She she became Sonic the Hedgehog, essentially. Porcupine type thing, who could see the future. So, not every inhuman gets to 
gets to have a cool power. And that's that's an interesting thing to play with. But mm-hmm. Maximus is like, I'll just choose some. It's fine. Yeah, it's I just find it a bit. And, you know, the the character that can predict Maximus's future and see the little cutscenes, I kind of saw the point of for a little bit and I thought it was going to go differently and they were going to be more interesting with it you know showing something some alternate future or either that I thought they were going to be really really cheesy and suddenly wrap the whole thing up with him taking his hands off his head and going oh no you don't want to do it that way you want to do it this way <laughs> Yeah, I, I, there was a little bit in the back of my head that was like if this if this is just him in the, the chamber doing this for the first time and going oh well how would this play out <laughs> I was like, I was going to feel even more cheated. Or I didn't know if I'd be like, oh, well, thank God, they've got a second go at this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. again did that whole future predicting in human better. Because uh, they had several things seeded throughout a season that were going to come come past and there was nothing they could do to stop them. And that's essentially what they were doing there. Although I did have some fun with the whole interpretation thing. So what you had was um, he gets told that he's the undisputed king of Atalan which is exactly what happens because there's no one there to dispute him. And he's just stuck underground. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, there's there's that kind of the irony of him getting whatever he, everything he wanted, but not in the way that he wanted it. That was, again, mm. in the better show, that would have been like, ha ha, suits you, serves you right. But in this show, it's like, all oh, right, I've stopped caring. Stopped caring long ago. Yeah, annoyingly, you've left him alive to appear in any sequel that you do. Um. <laughs> yeah, if only we had a teleporting dog, it will turn out that the Kree will turn up and Maximus will have information that will help them stop the Kree. So they'll go in with Lockjaw, retrieve him, and promise to put him back in the hole that they left him in at the end of the season once they've resolved the issue. Yeah, You know, the Loki syndrome. Like we there's, need only, there's only one person that knows how this works, and it's him darn again yeah so I mean we've talked a lot we've jumped about a bit and we've talked a lot about the the characters and the story and how rubbish it all was but were there any personal highlights for you I mean there had to be there has to be something that you liked we've established Uh, that we both kind of like Louise so we'll take her off the board Louise uh Lockjaw, I thought it was pretty fun. <laughs> I just, I just liked a big, I liked a big silly dog lumping about the place. I thought that was quite, you know, they did that pretty neat. You know, when you see it in the comics, dob. strategically dog. deployed dog. Um, you know, when you see it in the in the comics, you're like, oh, there's no way they're going to be able to do that properly. But I was kind of like, oh, actually, that's pretty cool. I like that. Um, other bits that I liked, um, it's tough, really. Um, there were a few fight scenes that I thought were quite well choreographed that I enjoyed. Um, actually, the thing is that a lot of this has been the skeleton of something quite good, but not made flesh. You know, there's elements of this that could have worked really, really well, but they just didn't fill it out perfectly. And I think that's what's kind of disappointing me a little bit. I'm sure there are good little scenes in there that I've just not written down to go, all right, I really <laughs> like that one moment. Um, maybe maybe you've written the list. Nope. How's, how's your list? No, you've not. Well, I did. It's called eight episodes worth of reviews. <laughs> uh, I liked Lockjaw as well. Uh, he was cool. 
Uh, he was the only character that didn't annoy me at any point. Uh, but, you know, having him put off screen by being hit by a quad bike or just lying about in a barn or being somewhere that wasn't there, um, I guess, was... was Alright, you can understand why for budget reasons, but still, you know, it's it's, it's a bit of a cop-out. Uh, what else did I like? Can't say Louise. I'm not allowed to say Louise. Yeah, the odd fight scene here and there was okay. Uh, I did like Karnak as a character, as it turned out, especially towards the end. I didn't like him at first, but there was little shades of... Uh, characterization in there that I liked his tattoos being representing the last mistake he ever made before he went through Terragenesis that was nice every time he looks in the mirror he sees a mistake he made that was a nice little moment you know it's a reminder that he is above all that now or used to be above all that and now he's back in a position where he's making mistakes uh, Gorgon was alright it's just everything they had him do was rubbish uh, I also still don't know how he walks about on the surface of the moon without a spacesuit. Because he does. He goes out and steals stuff and brings it back and stomps on rovers and whatever else. But he doesn't seem to have a spacesuit. Not that we see. That's about it, highlight-wise. Yeah, I suppose you didn't see a suit, did you? It was just a hoof. Well, you see a blur that hits... (laughs) Yeah. uh, But maybe they've got some kind of wearable shield thing. Let's rewrite this in our heads again. Yeah. There had to be some kind of spacesuit. Because if they could breathe on the moon, then... Well, some wearable air bubble thing that they can put round a la the end of um, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> some wearable air suit thing that they can yeah. use temporarily to go walkies and then go back in. It's one option, I suppose. But yeah, Let's that's about it that. for highlights for me. I can't think of anything else I especially liked. Anson Mount did a good job with his, with what he was given, which wasn't much. Um, for a character that was inconsistent, he played it well, I suppose. They were all inconsistent, but played it pretty well. Yeah, I'm struggling here. Uh, there wasn't that much that was good about it. Uh, low lights are just everything we've mentioned. Um, you think of anything else that you didn't, you just especially might have liked? Just as a last thing. Not off the top of my head. I'm sure I might remember something later, but no. (laughs) At the the moment, there's nothing that's jumping out at me that I thought was awesome. Yeah, I'm not going to remember this show for very long. Uh, So with it being a Marvel show, you would think it would have some connection to the universe it lives in. It kind of doesn't, actually. Although they do mention there's Inhumans appearing on Earth and they don't know why. And then they never find out. So, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, they they sort of tie in a little bit to the Agency Shield thing because they had to mention the Inhumans that were or the sort of four Inhumans that are running about on Earth. Um, I think, but the rest of it they seem to be in ignorance of, which is an issue that I raised in the when we talked about the first two episodes of the fact that they just seem completely ignorant to everything that's going on on Earth. Yeah. Uh, despite the fact that they have the ability to watch everything that's going on on Earth and they seem to be in contact with people on Earth, uh, or some of them appear to be in contact with people on Earth, they've got no idea how the system works. Um, so, yeah, the the fact that they don't know means that the chance of references is a bit slimmer. I think there's odd bits. I think if you watch close on the TVs that are playing and the newspaper articles maybe and... 
Um, I think there's odd references within that, but that's about it. Yeah, on the whole not understanding Earth culture thing, that was horribly inconsistent. As we mentioned in the, the previous podcast, there was the Medusa knew what a bus was, uh, even though she had no reason to, but didn't know what a mobile phone was. Uh, yeah, despite the fact she's got an equivalent that that's yeah. wrapped around her wrist, she doesn't know what a mobile phone is. She thinks ATMs work by speaking to them and just demanding I am. See, yeah. that was that. I'm there's the queen a scene of I like. Give me money. Yeah, <laughs> there's a scene I liked. Yeah, I'm the queen of Atalan. Give me money. <laughs> the machine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it's. <laughs> I just was like that. That was a little bit fun. I did like that scene, but like you say, it's inconsistent with everything else and you think they would be researching earth they would be watching surely they're not sitting there in blissful ignorance you know so it just seemed a bit family to me that it was a bit odd yeah i've actually just remembered something else i quite liked um the when you see the destruction of atalan uh, and it's completely silent just it's a brief two three seconds of the the buildings collapsing it's completely silent to indicate that the dome is shattered, so there's no atmosphere anymore, so there's no sound. That was nice. That was quite effective, uh, just from a an execution point of view, I suppose. Yeah, from the 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 fact that they were in the vacuum, so there was no there was no noise. I, I kind of liked seeing bits of the dome sort of falling in a bit. When you suddenly see that, oh, actually, it's a bit like they've done with the heli carriers. You know, it's like bits of plating and yeah. cameras pointing out that are putting the picture there and yeah it was i thought that was a little bit neat showing the design yeah and i also liked that scene in the finale between medusa and maximus where they talked about how uh, she was his only friend uh, way back and mm. uh, she was like yeah i was a bad friend but like we're here now so i don't care and <laughs> and she comes across as ridiculous as ever but it was a nice little moment that kind of let the actors play a bit do a bit of acting. Hmm. I mean, maybe you don't. It did seem it like it did seem like a bit of an ultimatum that was never going to be met, though. Yeah. I mean, you're like, I've got a crystal. I will let you go through it. No, I don't want to go through it after after all of this being about me going through it again. No, I, I've decided no. The the, the dome's going to come down and we're all going to die. Uh, I just I think okay, well, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't understand. It's like the motivations are all for me. That's what I kind of read. But that was another bit of sort of rewriting. You know, when you get there, I only went into the into that chamber to see that you were as broken as I was. And then to actually, I was Maximus's only buddy at the time as well. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's awkward. Um, but it's over. So... In terms of the wider universe, I can't think of any other reference. The boss might relate to something, that someone or something that we know. Uh, I think the Kree are the big bad that's waiting in the wings, so we'll never find out. That was about it. Uh, there was possibly a mention of a company or something here and there that, that exists in Marvel canon, but other than that... Uh, it was set in Hawaii. I think, I think they've purposefully kept it out of a lot of stuff. To see how it goes, <laughs> I do have the feeling that a lot of these shows that when they when they get their first season, they're told to right, you can refer to this and you can mention this, but 
keep it in isolation up until we see how well it's received. Yeah. Uh, that's about it, I think. Uh, I think we've torn this apart as much as possible. It's been a fairly depressing conversation because there's just nothing to like about this almost. Um, mm. We are one of... We are two of ten people probably that are watching this damn thing. And as I said, the other eight are also paid to review it. Because um, you've got AV Club, I think Den of Geek are covering it, a few other places. But no one else is watching it, so, you know. Whatever. You shouldn't watch it. If you haven't watched it and you've listened to this thing, don't watch it. <laughs> In case you didn't get that vibe from this whole conversation. Yeah, yeah, we're not... This is not recommended. Yeah. Although... It's over and might never come back. So that's that's my positive end note. I'll laugh if tomorrow there's an announcement from Marvel saying... <laughs> human Season 2. And Human Season 2 episodes. is on! <laughs> 24 episode run! <laughs> so, oh my god. To debut in 2018. It's like, oh yeah. please. Oh no. <laughs> Followed by two movies. <laughs> Inhumans to appear in Infinity War. (laughs) (laughs) And next summer, on a a Marvel movie, you can watch some guy standing around not speaking. Uh, Some woman whose hair hasn't grown back yet. (laughs) (laughs) We just Uh, want Lockjaw. That's all we want. That's it. Bring us Lockjaw. That's that's how they get to Scotland. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. <laughs> I keep forgetting that Scotland's going to feature in Infinity War. If if it is, like, two shots, I'm going to be so disappointed, considering the amount of time they spent exploding a shop on the Royal Mile. Yeah, <laughs> especially with, um, yeah, if it's, like, World War Z-type disappointment, then, yeah, we as a nation will be shamed. Yeah. <laughs> If it's Edinburgh as Edinburgh, that'll be pretty cool. If it's Edinburgh as we've decided this is some weird alien planet. No, I think they've kept it like... as Scotland because they built mm. like fake kebab shops instead of you know, yes, the old kebab yeah, shops. I did, so, yeah. <laughs> but that's again. Uh next year we'll talk about Infinity War. Um Yay. And eventually and we'll be talking about things that we might be a bit more positive about in the near future as well. Justice League's coming up. Could go either way. Uh Star Trek Discovery next week. Well, I'm talking about recording schedules. I have no idea when I'll get around to publishing these. Um, yeah, we've got stuff coming up. That's what I'm getting at here. So, I, I, want to create, I want to start a thing, or I think I started the thing last time, where we just kind of try and end on a positive note, because positive people live longer. I know with this show it's hard, but do you have a positive note to close on? It was only eight episodes. I'll take it. Uh, it may never come back. That's my Why wow, we're so it's so well with the positive notes. I'm yeah. getting the vibes. I'm getting the positive vibes. Okay, I'll I'll do I'll do better. I would like to see these characters return in a Marvel Cinematic Universe Fantastic Four movie. There we go. And on that note, so uh, Chris, thanks for joining for this very morose discussion on a show we didn't like. No problem. <laughs> uh, thank you, listeners, if you listened. Although, since 
if you're the if you're any of the other eight people that watch this show, then well done, guys. Well done. Uh, you got through Black, it. Black Bolt's here, and he says thanks for listening. <laughs> oh, Black Bolt was a guest on this podcast. Yeah, he, he was. He's, did you not hear his contributions? He was he was giving a lot of good advice. Actually, it's very good I, points. I sometimes translated for him, although sometimes didn't. <laughs> the good thing about his sign language is I don't really understand it, so I just make it up. Yeah. Much like the show did. Anyway, on that note. So, Chris, thanks for joining. You're welcome. Goodbye, brother. <laughs> wow, this, the whole world just crashed down around me. I can add echo. If you want shit echo, I can do shit echo. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. Where's the button for the shit echo? Uh, uh, there, there we, we go. go. Goodbye, brother. So, that was our mostly negative discussion on Marvel's Inhumans. We hope you enjoyed, and if you did, then hit that subscribe button on iTunes, YouTube, or any major podcasting app. We hope you'll join us on the next Kneel Before Pod. <laughs>